episode 39 of the Shock Jacques Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Hope you're doing well, as well as you can be during this difficult time, which continues. Um, we're going to get back to some more basketball this week um, as kind of America kind of tries their best to, you know, kind of manage the situation they're in while getting in some, you know, as much sports talk, I guess, as we can, while a lot of networks are playing, uh, you know, old games and the the reminiscing about, you know, previous times. You know, today was supposed to be, as I recorded the podcast, uh, opening day for Major League Baseball, and it's just eerie seeing people, you know, just uh, tweeting, you know, opening day from home and and things like that, at least for me, you know, while the basketball season in the NBA is still very much up in the air, but it's interesting because while the the television media and some of the radio media has kind of taken a back seat, the print media has kind of come back to the fore in some ways where people can sit, still, you know, see some new content that's relatively fresh. While, you know, TV, you know, you can only talk about certain things so many different ways, so many different times, and people will watch. While you know, sites like The Athletic, with so many different writers and so many different viewpoints, are pumping out content still about different teams and different players and Q&As and, and things like that. It's kind of the beauty that we sometimes forget about with the print media, how versatile they can be in times like this. And you know, kind of what almost got me back to talking basketball with some friends and things like that was a couple of articles from The Athletic this week, uh, Mike Vikornov was talking about the future of the Knicks, and a few other writers were talking about the future of their franchises, and it just got me thinking about where the Knicks are right now, how they handle this situation, what's what what's this team going to look like, not only on the other end of this, whenever this ends, but just after this season. I mean, there's so many things that are up in the air, so many things that need to be discussed, so many things that we need to talk about. And that's going to be basically what this show is about. How are the Knicks going to handle the aftermath of this break from basketball and going into next season uh, and things of that nature? What are the things to look out for? What can they do uh, to get a positive uh, thing? And what, what, what's going to hinder them as well? What are things that they're going to have to deal with? Like many teams are going through to however this season that we're currently in, which is on hold right now, ends into the 2021, uh, 2020-2021 season, which is who knows when that's going to start at this point, because we don't even know when this season in the NBA is going to end. So it's it's very interesting, um, and we'll get into that in a second, uh, but I do want to make one note. We are still you know, trying to come up with some fun stuff for you guys uh, as well. I kind of had to put some of that on hold this week just because of things that are going on uh, personally. So uh, again, nothing serious, but just trying to, you know, balance everything out. Uh, we still plan to have some stuff for you. Um, we'll see how that kind of works out as the month of March comes to a close. I believe I was checking this, uh, earlier today. This is our last March episode. So I'm not sure if our current idea would still work. We're going to try it anyway. Uh, cause we just haven't had time to put it together over the last couple of weeks, everything's kind of in flux. So, um, we're going to still go through and see if, if we can pull it off and then we'll, you know, see what you guys think about it. So that's kind of where we're at 
at the moment. Uh, for now, we'll get back to business. Um, first thing that popped into my head when you're talking Knicks, you're talking the current situation uh, that the Knicks are in and how this, how the coronavirus pandemic kind of impacts them. And the first thing I thought about, you know, the first thing I thought about immediately um, was the current roster. You know, there's a lot of things you could go to and we'll touch on some of those uh, as we go forward. But I thought about R.J. Barrett immediately, and Mike Vikornov wrote about this in his article, and I, and I love that he did. It was It's a huge point to bring up, and he mentioned it. You know, R.J. Barrett kind of loses the end of this season. You know, and, you know, at some point we might play these games, but at some point we might not. You know, at the moment, you know, 16 games left for the Knicks in this season, you know, we might not get to see some more growth here from R.J. Barrett. He might get to, he might lose some big time opportunities down the stretch to develop as a player. And and Mike Vakornov's got the great stats from the Athletic here. R.J. Barrett this season's averaging 14.3 points per game, and he's shooting 40% from the field. You know, over the last 10 games, Barrett had averaged over 17 points per game. He was shooting 37%, just a smidge under 37%. From three, and his field goal percentage was up five percent, and his free throw percentage was up three percent as well. Rebounding was slightly down, but his assist per game was up almost a half an assist per game, actually over half an assist per game as well. So a lot of good things going right for R.J. Barrett over the last ten games, and his great rookie season really finished strong before the season was put on hold, and now. You know, after this great ten-game stretch, when you look at his numbers, you're thinking, "Oh man, you know, we would have what, what could have been. You know, what could have R.J. Barrett done the last few months of the season? These last sixteen games, he could have really, I mean, put in a heck of a case uh, to being one of the best young players in the NBA over the last, you know, sixteen games worth of the season. About a, you know, when you're looking at chunks of the season, this is kind of where. You know, rookies either really get going, you know, because they, they kind of start figuring it out, or they they kind of flop a little bit. And I, this was RJ Barrett last almost fourth of the season here, really turning it on. And the last twenty six games could have been phenomenal. And we're only going to see ten of that in real time. So now we see what happens, you know, moving forward. Because RJ Barrett, obviously, all the players, you know, you're going to lose some momentum here. You're going to lose your time to to gain more experience, to gain uh, more reps, and really, you know, for R.J. Barrett specifically, this is big, you know, this is a big end of the season stretch, uh, and we don't get to see him really flourish at the end of it, that's kind of a shame, and we'll see how the Knicks kind of, you know, use this time, how the players can use this time, it's so tough, you know, if you follow players on social media, it's so difficult, you know, to, to, now, you know, guys will stay in shape. You know, these guys that have these, you know, have gyms. You can still go out for a run. You know, if you you know practice, uh, you know, physical and social distancing and, and things like that. On top of that, there are ways to have virtual workouts. You know, through Skype or through uh, di- you know different, uh, you know, FaceTime or however you, you want to do it. You can still you know have a personal trainer that do- goes through stretches with you or d- different workouts with you, uh, and things like that. You can still you know eat right. Uh, and things like that, but the biggest thing that these guys are going to be missing is that physical contact. You're not you're not able to 
bump and grind with guys in the gym. You're not able to really go to a gym um, and, and, you know, unless they, you know, although it would be fair, Cody Zeller, who was on the Dan Lebitard show uh, last week, he was on like every day talking about things he was doing uh, to pass the time in Charlotte. I think he just went back to Indiana to be with his family. He's a player uh, for the Charlotte Hornets. And he basically said like, you know, I go to the gym at the arena and it's still open, but like after every set that I do on weights, there's people there like cleaning the weights. Like it's like, it's just, it's so crazy. And like, if you don't have a personal gym, uh, you know, some NBA, a lot of NBA guys, you know, probably don't have that or don't have a, you know, personal chef or stuff like that. So they are not, you know, it doesn't work that well for them. Rookies, you know, who knows? They, they might not have that stuff either. Probably don't. You're still kind of working your way and trying to figure all that stuff out. So guys like RJ Barrett, you got to find your ways to kind of stay in shape. You're going to miss that physical contact. You're going to miss that atmosphere that you get when you play in an NBA game. You're not getting the full reps that you want down the stretch. So yeah, yeah, you know, RJ Barrett and all these players are trying to stay in shape because they don't know when the season is going to end. But you also, I mean, how, like when these guys come back, you know, I've heard a lot of speculation over this. You know, they could come back extremely in shape, but just not in game shape, as they call it. You're not, you're just not ready mentally and physically for what's coming. You, know, you got to get back to it a little bit in that way. But on top of that, there could be guys that come back and they're overweight and they're out of shape. You know, that's possible. This kind of feels like the off season a little bit. And I, I'm sure some of these guys, I, I could imagine doing it myself. You're just sitting down and. I I don't have a game tomorrow. I don't have have a workout tomorrow. There's no structure, right? I mean, that's the problem with a lot of these guys. There's no structures. You're kind of just figuring out, you know, what should I do? What can I do? And and you might not have that same motivation. So it's going to be difficult for guys. I'm not saying, and again, I'm not saying RJ Barrett doesn't have any of that stuff. I'm just saying, you know, this is tough. I mean, this is unprecedented. So there are going to be a lot of guys, rookies included, and RJ Barrett's a rookie. So who knows? But. You know, these are these are th- things that these guys are going to have to deal with. It's tough. It's so tough. I see athletes on social media, and it's just, you know, you got guys talking to each other and stuff, and, and it's just like, you know, they can't do anything. And, my, and if you've got it, you know, I felt, I felt terrible for, you know, Rudy Gobert, who started this whole thing, basically, the awareness around it uh, in the United States, in a way, and then you look at Donovan Mitchell, other NBA players since then, I believe one or two at least, have come out and they've got a positive test that we know of as well. And it's got to be even, they're in isolation. They can't be around anybody. They can't be around their family. You know, they're trying not to infect people, even though they're fine. But again, that was, you know, they're asymptomatic as a way. They've got it, but they're not showing any symptoms. And they could be a carrier for somebody else who's not as healthy as they are, and then they could have it. So it's so difficult for athletes right now in that regard, again, there's a lot of people going through much more difficult things financially, and that's all understood. Uh, but I'm what I'm trying to say is, you know, for the Knicks specifically, th- this is so unprecedented that you just don't know what's going to happen. So many things could be out in the open that we just, or, or rather, uh, so many things could could really uh, be out in the open when the when the season comes back, where it's like, wow, you know, these guys really had a tough time just staying ready because you just don't know when it's going to happen. And some guys will be ready to roll, others won't. It's just natural. It's just natural. And it just stinks that, you know, R.J. Barrett kind of gets thrown off course a little bit. It really is. 
A uh, couple other things, a couple other things that, that are worth noting uh, for sure. Uh, the Knicks standings, uh, placing the standings at the moment where the Knicks are, uh, and a number of people have been talking about this, and it just I've been racking my brain about it uh, over the last couple of days getting ready for the show, and it's just, it's really interesting. I, it, it's funny because one thing that could happen that could really uh, seriously, that could be very, very interesting is the Knicks beating the Hawks in that last game. It was game, uh, somebody wrote it, 66, I think, for the Knicks this season. I I just checked again. Yeah, 66 games that the Knicks have played at this point. They beat the Hawks. It was the last game, possibly, who knows, for for Vince Carter, the Hawks aren't going to make the playoffs even if they played the last 16 games. So it, it's it's the other scenario where the NBA could basically say, all right, where the standings are going to stay the same and the NBA regular season is over. You know, it's going to be a, a, a shortened regular season like they've done in the past for a lockout or, 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 or the strike or whatever. And all of a sudden, we're going into the NBA playoffs as it stands which means we're going into the draft, whatever that is, as it stands. And the Knicks might have lost some valuable ground there because right now the Knicks have the sixth worst record in the NBA. And if they had lost to the Knicks, I'm sorry, if the Knicks had lost to the Hawks, they would have been tied with Detroit for the fourth worst record in the NBA. So at the moment, and, and this is great for Mike Vikorov, I believe he he has the stats that I have on my sheet here, the Knicks have a 50.4% chance of landing the number seventh pick, the number seven pick, or the number eight pick, and they have a 37.2% chance of landing a top four pick. So it, it's it, it, there's a very good chance at the moment if the if the if the season gets uh, if the regular season gets canceled and we skip ahead right to the playoffs, the Knicks are in a tough spot as far as that first first round pick that they have because now you you basically are are out of that top tier of picks is basically what the situation comes down to the Knicks would no longer be looking at an OB Toppin or a Cole Anthony or possibly trading up for Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman you know another guy that you know Sam uh, Vicini I believe is how you pronounce his name and and a few others. You're looking at other draft boards. You know, Killian Hayes is a, is a player apparently that a lot of people think the Knicks should go for at this point as well. I I don't know much about Killian Hayes. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if Killian Hayes is a guy that the Knicks should look after. And we'll get to some of that talk in a second. This is you know this kid's a young kid that plays uh, I believe in in Germany. I, I believe uh, if uh, if memory serves, looking at him a couple of days ago and I you know I I'm being well now I'm taking a look it's the basketball Bundesliga uh Euro Cup and he's kids from Lakeland Florida 65216 uh young kid I goodness gracious he's 18 years old um I don't know you know there a lot of people though you know are link are linking the next time he's a point guard apparently um, I don't, I don't know, you know, I mean, but that's, you know, that's what you're looking at right now. Going from that to, you know, we're talking seventh or the eighth pick 
again, this is this would have to you know keep in mind this would include the the season not being finished, so the Knicks couldn't lose more games. Maybe have a better chance at a top four pick. Although to be fair, thirty seven percent, not terrible, but it's so up in the air now with the lottery. Then that's why they changed it. So you, you to try to make you tank a little bit less, I guess. I don't know. But it's interesting because now you look at where the Knicks stand in this regard, and it's, you know, right now, a lot of draft boards, you know, the Knicks would be sixth. And if the Knicks are sixth, then you're kind of thinking, okay, you know, there's still a chance at Cole Anthony. There's still a chance at, you know, if you want a Killian Hayes, or if you want a Vernon Carey Jr., or if you want Nico Mannion, who, again, I'm not a big fan of, but if you like him, you can go for him, or RJ Hampton, or. Somebody like that, maybe R.J. Hampton's a little deep down the, the, the pool, but if you're looking for a guard, right? You know, LaMelo Ball, there's a, a slight chance, but probably not that he's there. But Cole Anthony is kind of still on the board, but if you drop to 7th or 8th, now you're looking at Nico Mannion. Now you're looking at, you know, Killian Hayes or Tyrese Halliburton, you know, Josh Green, you know, Tyrese Maxey. You know, these are not the guys that Knicks fans would want, in my opinion, with that pick. Now, late in the first round, you know, you're still around 24-25. And if you don't like what, you, what you've what you got for guards at the top, to be fair, there are a couple of guards at the bottom of the, of the first round who could be there. You know, for me, Emmanuel Quickly, if he comes out from Kentucky, would be a phenomenal selection for the Knicks. Now, one team you'd have to contend with there around the 24-25 spot is the Miami Heat. And they, oh, you, Miami, oh, they love their Kentucky guys. They've got Bam Adebayo. They've got uh, Tyler Hero. They, they love their Wildcats uh, down there in Miami. They'd probably be interested in Emmanuel quickly. A couple of uh, mock drafts have the Heat taking quickly in the late first round. I think if the Knicks don't get a guard with that first pick, and I think they have to, um, if they somehow don't or they don't like where they're at, quickly is available later in the draft. I, I think you could all, uh, later in the first round, I should say, specifically, he's a good point guard option there. Uh, then there's that second round, early second round pick. Now, you better have a guard in the first round, but Devon Dotson's available. You know, Marcus Howard's available. Miles Powell is available. You know, if you, if you want to go a little bit deeper down the, the, the pecking order, in my opinion, look at Malachi Flint, Peyton Pritchard. Those are guys that are available that could fill those roles. So there's options. This is why I love this draft. If I'm a Knicks fan, and whenever this thing, <laughs> this thing happens, that's why I like this draft a lot. There's a lot of guards, but there's no question the Knicks would rather be in the top four than sixth seventh or eighth god forbid which is possible because of the way this season could happen that last game where the knicks beat the hawks could cost them a ton of percentage points here it could make them it could put them in a really tough spot on draft night so it's it's intriguing because right now listen because that's the thing right top 10 pick you got to, if you're the Knicks, I mean, you have to get a guard. I keep, I keep hearing a couple of the names being thrown out there and it's just, you know, there's, there's some, you know, SI all Knicks has the, have, have Killian Hayes on their headlines everywhere saying this is the kid. 
But but you might not be in that range even to get him. So you look at Tyrese Halliburton, James Wiseman, you know, the the article references those guys. Those guys are not gonna be there. Tyrese Halliburton might. But in my opinion, he's second or third tier in this draft. You're not going to get Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman or LaMelo Ball or possibly Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony could be a top five pick and he could be out of the Knicks range if he, if the Knicks fall to seventh or eighth. Right now, if the Knicks stay at sixth, they've got a puncher's chance of getting him. He could fall to them. But if they're seventh or eighth, I don't think they're getting Cole Anthony. I'd be shocked. Cole Anthony's a heck of a player. It's going to be interesting. Let me take a break here. More Nick speculation on how this is all going to affect them for whatever the end of this season will look like and going into next season. All that and more. Shock Shock Nick's podcast, Posting and Toasting Podcast Network, back after this. Boy, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff going into the second half of the show. Again, we've been talking about how this, or I've been talking about with you guys, we've been talking about together, this this thing that's been going on, uh, the speculation that's been going on uh, with the Knicks over the last couple of weeks since the NBA basically postponed and shut down the season until further notice. Kind of just been running through some, some hot topics, you know, of how this all affects the Knicks and how this all impacts uh, the NBA going forward. I mean, it's so interesting. It really is extremely extremely uh nerve-wracking if you're a fan but again this is all secondary to what's going on but you know this is the stuff that we'll you know be talking about whenever we get basketball back and i guess that's you know the, the part one is like is right like getting back there you know doing your part you know social and physical distancing and and, and things like that but also you know trying to get through this period you're trying to keep some sort of normalcy that's kind of what we've been trying to do on this show at times and also you know keeping in mind that we have to talk about it because it is the new normal at the moment as well so number one uh for the second part of this show things you know that the way this is impacting the knicks going forward you know the knicks one of the bright spots about the the upcoming offseason not only was the the way the knicks had positioned themselves in the draft with the way they with what they got back from marcus morris and uh, and what they already had, and the fact that they were kind of tanking towards the end, or trying to tank, in my opinion, what they should have been doing, at least towards the end of the season. Uh, but also, you, you know, you kind of see what you're getting from R.J. Barrett. You're going to keep around Mitchell Robinson. And again, there's been some disappointments, you know, the, the way the point guard situation has worked out with Nila Kina and Dennis Smith. But you got something in Alfred Payton to, you know, what, you know, some of the veterans, you know, have been in and out, you know, Reggie Bullock and, and, uh, you know what you haven't seen a lot from Alonzo Trier, Taj Gibson's been pretty much a, a waste, and 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 all those kind of things. It looks you look to re shifting and shaking up and and retooling the roster. Free agency and this entire off season is a huge question mark. And again, Mike Vikornov of the Athletic. I mean, this is such a great article. I've been looking at this, been looking through a lot of different things over the last couple of, of days, just trying to kind of gauge where my thoughts are at on where the Knicks are at the moment. And it's such a good breakdown. And, and the reason you bring I bring this up is because you look at what the Knicks could have to work with during this offseason. So in the, at the moment, you look back to January, the NBA 
lowered its salary cap projection for next season to, I believe, $115 million. So the loss of revenue, you know, the fallout in China in the in the preseason, you know, the cap this offseason, if the season doesn't restart, you know, where's the cap going to be? You know, that could change. Could be a big drop. Uh, the NBA could stabilize it. I, I don't know. You know, Mike Vakornov really did well breaking that down. But the Knicks could be, you know, we're talking a massive impact here. What could what could be going on here is remarkable. Now, listen, you know, there's different scenarios here. The Knicks have about $50 million, roughly, uh, if they want to spend, uh, to spend. And that basically is by, you know, getting rid of some of these contracts for these one-year, two-year guys that, that they don't want to keep on the books. So, they, you know, could could move that a little bit around, but then the Knicks could have less cap space than that. You know, there's some decisions that have to be made. You know, Julius Randle, this, past, you know, this season that's currently on hold, $18 million uh, is his salary. So, he takes up about, I think Mike Vakornov said 17, 16, 17%, something like that, with a $109 million cap in the Knicks cap space. That's a lot. And if the cap gets smaller, he's going to take up an even bigger portion of this as well. And again, the Knicks could move and shuffle and, and change this so they can get a little bit more money in there to, to maybe buy you know some new players, God forbid. Uh, that'd be phenomenal. Um, but the problem with this is certain players, you know, don't have the same value. And at this point, you know, how do you measure that? What are we looking to, to say, well, this guy's worth keeping on the books. This guy you've got to get rid of. You lost 16 games. You know, it's like the NFL right now, right? I mean, in the NFL, the draft is coming up. And they're not going to be able to see a lot of these guys live. You know, you're going to be looking at tape. You know, you're going to be looking at at, at videos on YouTube or <laughs> calling people and things like that. This is kind of what free agency is going to be during whatever the offseason is. If we can't get everybody together again, there's going to be a lot of phone calls, but there's going to be a lot of, you know, all right, we don't really know. You know, we can't see this guy in person. You know, we the last time we saw that was in an NBA game a month or two ago, or more than that, potentially, depending on when this all shakes out. What do we do? So, and how does this all shift into next season? You know, if we're sitting here in, again, the, the NBA season usually ends in June, if we're sitting here in July and COVID-19 is still a very strong force, and again, there's there's some projections that you know it could still be very much in our uh you know on our radars at that point during the summer this could really shake things up i mean we could be really uh again we might not be talking about it because <laughs> there's going to be more important things on our plate but on top of that it's going to be really really intriguing to kind of see how the nba deals with this and it could be vital how the NBA deals with this. So, I, so many teams, and the Knicks are included in that. 
may have to completely reevaluate what their plans are for this offseason and free agency. I mean, it could completely change things. And guys might have second thoughts about moving and, and, and you know, have second thoughts about changing the scenery. And, and you know, might not be, you know, more th- more important things should be on their on their minds as far as priority to their family and their friends and, and things like that. You know, who knows? So it's going to be really difficult to kind of see where everybody, it's so many factors, right? I mean, so many things that could really impact this. Leon Rose popped into my mind and a number of people's minds over the last couple of days. Uh, This was a time for Leon Rose to really get a gauge on where things need to change, right? I mean, towards the end of this season, uh, he got, I think Mike Vakornoff said about two weeks of normalcy, uh, according to Mike Vakornoff of The Athletic, to kind of see where the Knicks were at. And what if the regular season doesn't come back? You know, will Leon Rose kind of keep things the same? Or will he say, we got to really change things? It's up to him. We don't really know. So he's got to, I mean, my goodness, imagine taking this job and now this pops up. Again, worst problems to be dealing with. But he's, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about the, you know, the, the future of the Knicks, what are you, what are you going on? Not much to go on right now. You, you just lost a fourth of the season for the time being. And then obviously the Knicks are not going to be in the playoffs, regardless of how this season ends, if it ends at all for the NBA. So it's, it's really intriguing. I have no idea. Leon Rose is in a tight spot. You know, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be crazy to see what, you know, he can't, it's, gonna, it's tough to hit the ground running, right? When, when you're in this kind of a situation with not much to go on right with, with the with with seeing guys play and meeting guys you, get, you know I mean phone call can only tell you so much about a guy you know that kind of a thing or even a FaceTime so it's really intriguing to kind of see how Leon Rose kind of hit, you know can he hit the ground running when this all gets back up and running with the NBA goodness me and on top of that you forget about the players you know the Knicks are looking for the next head coach you would hope you know, two things, in my opinion, could happen here. You know, does this kind of help Mike Miller a little bit? And they basically, when when things settle down, they say, you know what? You know, maybe we give Mike Miller a little bit more time and then reevaluate. Or, on top of that, could it speed up the decision? Or will it hinder the the search? Because you're looking at, you know, guys that were mentioned were Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy and... Stan Van Gundy, you know, a lot of, you know, speculation uh, about who the next head coach of the Knicks is going to be, um, you know, anywhere from, we were, you know, a lot of, you know, for me, Mark Jackson makes the most, makes the most sense if you can somehow get him, but you're looking at anywhere from, you know, Mark Jackson to, to, you know, Becky Hammond, who's done a great job with, uh, with the Spurs as an assistant coach. So it's so intriguing. And would any of those, you know, again, the moving and the shaking with your family and your friends during this difficult time, all this stuff gets pushed back and it could completely change the search. Cause right now it's at a standstill at the timing, at the time of recording, at least yeah, none of this stuff is in the works. So, you know, I, I can't imagine anybody's thinking about, you know, 
taking another job in the NBA or changing teams and things like that. I mean, there's so many bigger things to worry about. Because this season is still on. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, this season, for the time being, a time of recording, the, the season still has to finish out. You know what I mean? Whether it's just the regular season and the playoffs or just the playoffs, as far as the NBA is concerned, at the time, you know, publicly, we still got a season to finish here. So, because that all gets pushed back, and we'll get into contracts in a second, goodness gracious, should have mentioned that maybe a little bit more during the free agency part, because that's another big thing. But this, the coaching search, draft prep, mentioned that earlier, totally gets thrown up in, up in the air, and now I'll throw it in. I mean, at some point, these contracts are void. They're done. Your contract ends. But the season hasn't ended. And I've seen this in other leagues that are going on at the moment around the world where it's, it, it goes, all right, you know, if we go to a certain point, do these can these players no longer play for their teams or are they going to get extra time to finish the season even though it's over the allotted time and then their contract ends how does that work or are they just done they're off the team or does their you know does their contract just run out or or do they run out and then you get a chance to re-sign them or is there going to be something new that gets put in there because of the circumstances you can re-sign them if you want or you can let them go. Or, like I said, they give you a little grace period and you can finish out the season and then it gets reset and then you can go through your normal procedure. It's variable after variable after variable. It really is. I mean, I mentioned it earlier yeah, and I've been trying to mention it throughout the show. There's so many things here that are more important than this. They're more important than sports. But the beauty of sports, even now, and again, we don't we don't have games, you know, live games and things like that. But this is still, you know, at least for me, you know, talking about it, it gives me a chance to kind of, I don't want to say escape because it's it has, you know, gone into the sports scene. I and mean, there's no question about that. But it gives us time to say, you know, what's going to happen after? You know, getting back to as close to normal as we can. And and that's part of why we're talking about it. So again, keep that in mind as we go through this. But it's so it's so interesting to see because I've been watching it with so many other leagues, right? I mean, that, that have been going through this, that are in season. The NHL is another. I mean, what are they going to do? It's very similar. Everything I just said in the Knicks context... And in the NBA context, it's the same thing in the NHL. I mean, these these two these are two leagues that that really kind of go hand in hand throughout the season. You know, one one of my favorite times of the year is is when we get into the latter stages of the NBA and the NHL seasons, and you've got playoff games in the NBA and the NHL going on either simultaneously or back to back. And one of my favorite things is watching a phenomenal. Uh, NBA playoff game or two NBA playoff games in a row they're just fantastic and then I get to watch the nightcap uh, NHL playoffs where you've got the the Nashville Predators or the San Jose Sharks or the LA Kings playing in like a nightcap uh, playoff game on NBC or, or NBC Sports Network it's such a phenomenal time to be a sports fan and it's going to be pushed back but 
I think of them too. I think of the NHL teams. What are they going to do? I, I mean, it's so intriguing. It's so, I keep saying that word, but it's so, uh, for me as a sports fan, I, I get really, I get, I still get swept up in it despite everything that's going on outside of sports and even obviously connected with sports right now. What are the NHL uh, officials, Gary Bettman and company, what are they going to do about this? And, and they might kind of take a, a, a hint or, or take a cue, I should say, from the, N- uh, the NFL, no way, uh, from the NBA because they've been such a leader on this in the sports world and, and in the world as a whole. I, I told you this, I think a show or two ago, can't tell you how many people started realizing this that were not in the sports world after the NBA stopped their season and the rest of the leagues and college and the NHL and you name it followed suit. So it's remarkable. And by the way, speaking of college, one of the things that, and again, I got let me check, you know what, because this just popped into my head, I'm going to check Twitter. One of the other things that's been talked about with college basketball is giving seniors an extra year of eligibility because of what's been going on, because the season ended up getting canceled in college basketball. Conference tournaments didn't finish, and we never even started, obviously, the NCAA tournament men's or women's so you start to think about you know what were they going to do and and there's a vote coming up over what the college ranks are going to do as far as eligibility and basically it's going to come down to this there's going to be a vote and i'm taking this uh i believe this was from let me see this was from earlier today or or from wednesday but it's from the great John Rothstein, who's who's a friend of my other podcast, and he he's been really on top of this during the last couple of weeks since college basketball after the NBA basically you know postponed slash canceled slash pushed back their seasons and I'm trying to because the reason I'm looking at this stuff is because I'm trying to get the exact day that the vote is going to take place, because this is going to impact the NBA. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, guys are declaring for the draft and, and things like that, but at the moment, you know, what? <laughs> when's the draft? You know, are these guys going to, you know, these guys, some of these guys can change their mind. So one of the, one of the things per Dan Gavitt, the NCAA is going to work with the NBA to adapt to potential calendar shift, uh, of a delayed NBA draft, right? So June 3rd is the current deadline for the underclassmen to return to school after they've gone through the NBA draft process. That's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But then on top of that, right? On top of trying to figure out the schedule, there's a vote happening where these kids could get an extra year of eligibility and go back to school. So I I don't know. Like th- this is so so interesting because you know a couple guys you know that didn't get a chance to play, right, in the NCAA tournament. Could could decide to go back and and finish out a fifth season, a grad year if they got the chance. So I it's so intriguing. It's so intriguing. I for some reason I'm having trouble finding it. apologies for trying to do this kind of live 
on the show here or, or, you know, looking this up while I'm recording the podcast. But it's it's one of those things where now, you know, does that take a prospect out of play? You know, does that kind of move things? Uh, you know, how does that change a draft board? You know, right? And you're looking at a guy and you're thinking of drafting him. And all of a sudden, a player like Marcus Howard or a player like Miles Powell or, or Cassius Winston or Peyton Pritchard or whoever... You know, Obi Toppin, I believe, officially declared for the NBA later this week. Later this week, the vote's going to take place, whenever that is. But it's one of those things. You know, what's going to happen? A guy that hasn't committed to the NBA draft or has done it and not hired an agent, all of a sudden can say, hey, I could go back to school. Like, that option is now, it's there. I get an extra year of eligibility, again, if the vote goes through. So, it's just another variable. It's just another variable where you just don't know. It could totally change things for not just the Knicks, but multiple teams around the NBA. Now, the latest report on this, and this is from uh, SI.com, the NCAA is likely not going to grant an extra year of eligibility, but at the moment, it looks like they uh, looks like yeah, looks like again the vote is coming up. Whenever the vote is, and I'm getting now I'm getting mixed uh, <laughs> mixed reports on that. Whenever the vote is, it's coming up. That could change things. If you grant that extra year of eligibility, and I've talked about it on my other show before, I'm not against it, but I can see why people might be. It would it would be it would be very interesting. It could really open the door to crazy things happening with the NBA draft and with college basketball for the upcoming seasons. So it's a ton, it's a ton to kind of digest. Couple more couple more quick fire things that I want to get off. Uh, Before the end of the show, uh, earlier today at the time of recording, the Knicks, uh, based on a report, are likely to guarantee Reggie Bullock's salary uh, for next season. Uh, I believe this is from Mark Berman uh, from the New York Post. Uh, The Knicks, you know, with all these, uh, you know, contracts, have decisions on salaries such as Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Wayne Ellington. Uh, Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock. Um, Bullock, according to the report from Mark Berman, is the most modest option uh, and uh, modest option year. Excuse me, Bullock's modest uh, option year is likely to be picked up, according to a source in the NBA. So that's going to be interesting. You know, I, again, I see where Bullock's value is as a bench player, but again, there's there's bigger things that the Knicks have to deal with to try to make this a better roster. A couple rumors, the Warriors, the Bucks, and the Jazz are interested in Damian Dotson. Um, so we'll see what the Knicks uh, can you know do with that. Mark Berman of the New York Post, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, by the way, the Milwaukee Bucks, Utah Jazz, they're going to pursue him. I, I, I think that would be, you know, great for his career. But again, I, I don't, you know, Damian Dotson's a guy that at times impresses and at other times can't get playing time. So it's, it's a really tough one to kind of figure out. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of works its way out because 
But the thing, the thing with Damian Dotson is, again, hit or miss, right? I mean, we know that but from watching him play during these last couple of seasons. You don't know what you're going to get. So, there's, but there's interest from other teams. We'll see if that leads to anything. And again, I, I keep, you know, I'm, I've been looking through a couple of different timelines, different feeds, different articles. A lot of people all of a sudden like Killian Hayes. We'll see. You know, he's an American-born player over in the Bundesliga, which is a German league uh, in Europe, and we'll we'll have to see what the Knicks decide to do from there. Anyway, that's all I got uh, for this week on the show. We'll try to give you some more content uh, that's a little bit more fun when we get that all together. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are, not only on this situation, but on the NBA and the Knicks. What do you think the Knicks should be doing? If they can do, you know, when when this all gets better uh, around the world and the world of sports. Uh, if you want, let me know how you're doing as well. I'd love to, you know, keep in touch with my listeners throughout this entire process. Thank you guys, as always. You guys keep listening throughout the pandemic. I uh, can't tell you how much that means. It makes me uh, excited to keep putting out the shows every week for you guys. We're going to keep doing it, again, as long as you keep listening. So, very excited for that. Stay safe. And we will see you guys next week on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Talk to you then.